G'day mates, g'day ladies, g'day gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast, I'm your host Troy McCubbin and here we go, number 74 on the podcast scale, thank you so much for joining us, wherever you are in the world, we hope you're safe and uh, you're doing well, I hope you're getting a lot of guitar playing in or whatever music instrument you play, it doesn't matter. But uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out to listen. Uh, go to the website, guitarwank.com. We've got a new website. Go check it out. Damn it. You can uh, subscribe there, which would be really cool. Sign up. Uh, you can donate, which would be fantastic. You can buy a mug, buy a T-shirt. And uh, we've been waiting on mugs too. So if you ordered some mugs, uh, don't stress, they're coming. We've just been waiting for shipments because uh, we're just selling out so quickly, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, we've got new shipments coming in. So uh, hopefully they'll be out this week. Um, what else is going on? Uh, thank you for all the emails. Really appreciate the support. If you have a question, a query, a thought, if you just want to yell abu- abuse at us, if you want to uh, voice your opinion, you want us to go fuck ourselves Guitarwank at Gmail. That's the place to do it. Don't don't tell us to go F ourselves. Please don't. Uh, we, we're trying to promote love and community, as Mr. Bruce Foreman would say. <laughs> oh, man. All righty. Here we go. Uh, thanks to all our sponsors, Jimmy Dunlop, Dead Area Guitar Strings, Johnny Sir. Well, wasn't that good to have John Sir on the podcast? What a great bloke. Really enjoyed that. Um... We had so much great, great feedback on the John Sir ones and the Dr. Z ones. We're going to have to, at some point, we'll have to get those guys on again. So uh, that was really cool. Thanks, John. Mr. Sir, we really appreciate all the amazing products you are delivering for us to uh, create. Uh, who else we got? Exotic Pedals, RiffmasterPro.com, um, My Music Masterclass, yada, yada, yada. I think I've covered it all. Um, what else we got going on this week? Bruce did an amazing... If you haven't seen The Red Guitar and Bruce happens to come your way, go see it. Support the man. This is such a great show. It's totally unique, totally different to anything you've ever seen in your life. I guarantee it. It's such a great show and (laughs) he's ridiculously good. It's so good. Uh, so definitely support Bruce on the red guitar. I'm trying to get a show up maybe on the internets. So you guys, you know, maybe throw a couple of bucks and you get to watch it. If you're in parts of the world where you can't get to see Bruce play, we'll try and do that. I'd like to do that and see if we can, we can get the, the show out to you. We've had a lot of requests for the red guitar online. So let's see what we can do. Uh, what else is going on? I think that's it. I can't think of anything else. This is uh, a continuation from last week. We've got uh, one of the head guys of Fender. Fender Guitar Company. You might have heard of them. They're doing, uh, they're doing some groundbreaking stuff. I think they might uh, break some ground with what they're doing, Fender. Uh, anyway, we've got one of the head honchos coming in, Richard, which will be fantastic. We're going to talk to him. Um, who else we got coming? Dweezil Zappa. Mr. Zappa. Dweezil Zappa's coming in uh, July, I think, if I stand corrected. That'll be awesome. He's on tour at the moment. So Dweezil will come in and uh, 
Mr. Landau. That's who we want. Michael. Sir Landau. We would like to sit down with you and have a chat, mate. Come and have a beer in the Prohibition Studios. I think it's about time, mate. I promise we won't ask any gear questions. Just think about it. How many times has Michael Landau been asked? So what do you use? What what pedals are you using nowadays? What amp are you using? What guitar are you using? You know, it actually doesn't matter. The man could play through a, a shoebox and it still sound great, which goes for a lot of these players. But us guitarists, we're kind of fucking nutty. We like to know everything that's going on, everything in the chain, everything after the guitar, where it's all in the hands and it's all in the practice. As Bruce keeps telling us, and we completely ignore it, and we still want to go down the road of gear. Ah, I'm as guilty as any of you, so I'm not dogging on you. I'm just admitting guilt. Uh, so anyway, Mr. Landau, we have to... He's playing at the Baked Potato, I think, next week. Next Saturday. I can't make it, but damn it, I want to get him on the couch and have him come and have a beer with us. Michael? I'd be so forward to call you, Michael. <laughs> uh, who else we got? What else is going on? Jennifer Batten lost a guitar, damn it, in Germany. I think it was in Germany. Someone stole one of her axes. Return it immediately. No, it was in UK, actually. So if you're in the UK and you come across Miss Jennifer Batten's guitar, she's a lovely lady. Uh, I'm not... Don't know Jennifer that well, but Scott just speaks so highly of Jennifer. So um, if you know of her guitar, return it. That'd be really cool. All right, shut up, my cabin. Let's get on with it. Uh, here we go. We're just going to continue on from uh, where we were last week. Scott's on tour. He's on the road. I believe he played a show in Sweden the other night, somewhere in Sweden. I posted some of that, and then uh, and Bruce is continually gigging everywhere. The man's got like a gig a day. It's ridiculous. What the hell are the rest of us doing? <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Thank you, everyone else. Be safe out there. The world is majorly fucked up right now. If you haven't noticed, it is it is really bad out there. And damn, there's a lot of sad, sad, crazy shit going on. Look after each other. Let's continue the support, the community. And, um, and share the love, right? That's why we're doing this, to make music, make people feel good. Yada, yada, yada. All right. <laughs> Just remind me of Seinfeld. Big Seinfeld. All right, shut up, McCubbin. Let's get on with it. And here we go. Uh, Mr. Scotty Foreman. <laughs> Mr. Bruce Henderson. What do we have in store for the people this week?
we we do get um we get regular emails from Joel Joel Smith. Okay, Joel. Joel, Joel Smith. Smith. What? That's not a real person. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a fictitious it's name. It's fucking Josh Smith's dad. Mm. Oh, Joel. Yeah, Joel. You met Joel, right? not a real right? person. He's not a real person? No, no. It's Where's, a fictitious name. Is Joel name. in... Where is Joel? Florida. He's in Florida. Mm-hmm. Did he retire down there, Joel? Did you retire down there? I don't know there? if he retired. No, no, he's from there. I mean, Josh oh, okay. is from there. Hey, he was writing me and let me know that Josh played the baked potato last night. I missed out. That I know he did before. with Carrie. And uh, they, they had a good time, from what I heard. Who's Carrie? Carrie Frank, the organ player. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah who I'm going to be yeah. doing a record with next uh-huh, month. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Carrie Frank, who's also from Florida. His fa- his grandfather was a guy named Don Cornell, was a famous crooner. And Gary, the- Gary Novak played, right? Probably, yeah. Last, last night, mm-hmm. or right. the other night, too. And uh, his father's a famous crooner, and he had this alpha, you know, he kind of, he played the guitar a little bit. It was mostly a, a prop, but, you know, he played... And he led bands, and he was kind of like a Bing Crosby kind of guy. Real famous. He's got a star on the Walk of Fame. And um, and Carrie wants to make a record with his guitar. He's, he got his guitar. So it's his 38L5 with a DRM and pickup. And I'm going to play it, and we're going to play tunes that his grandfather recorded. Oh, cool. It's going to be really kind of mm-hmm. a heartfelt record. It'll be a lot of fun. He wants to do a duo, which is guitar and organ, which is a very interesting pairing. Obviously going to be a lot of mechanical noise, because that's really, I think, why organ players have drummers, is to cover up a lot of the sounding. <laughs> We're getting... We haven't done a Wankopedia for a long time, and I thought it was dead in the water, and maybe it is, but seriously, all those players that we mentioned on Wankopedia, did any of those fuckers give us any support back? I've got the hiccups. I'm sorry. We don't know. This is that a, wasn't an answer. That was, that was an involuntary move. We don't know. All right. Well, did did Joel actually, have a question, or did was he just right? No, nah, he say was hi. just telling me that oh. his son's playing. Oh, okay. Joel, he loves the podcast, and he's a big fan, and we we love his support. Cool. We really do. Thanks, Joel. Fucking yeah. awesome, mate. We'll have to have a beer at some point. Um, yeah, let us know when you come back. To yeah, town. definitely. Um, but yeah, Wankopedia. We haven't done a Wankopedia for a while. Can have we... I heard anybody that I want to talk? I mean, I've heard so many guys I want to talk about. I just got to say, there's a lot of guys coming up out of my school. We just did juries Monday. You know, I had 10 hours of guitar playing to listen to. Man, there are some kids at that school. I mean, they're playing so great. Fuck these kids. I know. It's <laughs> not making me happy, but they're playing so great. If... If and when they find their thing, and a couple of them, you can see it really developing. Yeah. But if and when they get their thing, there's going to be a lot of beautiful music on this earth, man. They're just like, at their at their age, staggering how much shit they got together, and it's Is it, beautiful. Do you think? Do you think that has a more to do with just the amount of information and the access to all this information? we have nowadays compared I, to what you guys I, yes i think that's one of the big parts of right it, of course i think a lot of it's just human evolution yeah you know you know just like the sports guys they're jumping higher they're running faster they're doing more the musicians they they've got more information they've got better training and it's just like 
the bar keeps getting raised every successive mm-hmm. generation. It's just evolution. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, like I say, the important thing with any of these kids is a lot of it's copying other people. A lot of it's just figuring out how to play. You know, it's it's about making it through, the, you know what I mean, as yeah. great as they are. And when they kind of break through that into kind of hearing something that's that needs to be on the earth, that's that's based on their aesthetic and their perspective and their skill set, you know, that kind of a statement. That's when it becomes the kind of player that sort of changes the landscape right. for mm-hmm. everything. And, and these kids all have that potential. It's just an incredibly, we've got a crop that's just staggeringly great. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say, they're not finished, they're not even, they're almost not even started. They've just got such a great start on a lot of levels. It starts with the vocabulary, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've had kids that are just, I mean, so far ahead with their vocabulary, then almost some of the name guys. Like, they're that good with their vocabulary, but yet... They still haven't found their own voice yet. Yeah, they no. haven't figured out who they are yet. They will, for sure. Right. Well, that, not, that not for sure, but well, not they, for sure. Yeah. But you know, you can't you can't guarantee that. But I'm just saying that more than likely, with their talent, they will in time because yeah. that takes time. Yeah. So so when they do, then it's going to be crazy, man. That's... There's going to be some new guys that just you know come out going like you remember when. Uh, Alan Holsworth first came out, and you were just going, "Whoa, this is some brand new shit I've never heard before." When Stanley Jordan first came out, right. it was like, "Wow, never heard anything like that before." You know, these guys come along every once in a while, and there's going to be guys coming up that are that are going to make us all go, "Holy shit, that's a whole new thing that we have really not heard yet." And a lot of and a lot of it, you know, I, a lot of it's just. Just dumb luck or circumstance, because even with us, especially with us, maybe sort of with us, um, <laughs> or related to us, is uh, it's like that moment we decided to play in the first place. We just got lucky that we heard something that just blew our minds, or we heard somebody playing, or it, we saw the shape of the game, whatever, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we got into it. And then we were moved to go in a direction, and then we heard something on our own, and 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 life presented itself like some of these kids will just get eaten up by the machine. As great as they are, they'll get in some band that's just sort of, and they and they'll you know they'll be making a lot of money, and they'll buy a house, or they'll have a car, and you know, and they'll have money they have to make, and they may have this amazing vision for what music could be but meanwhile they're back in the world of industrial music making, blow, making the money making the money they're they're playing fire and rain instead of doing <laughs> doing you know uh and there's nothing wrong with that but you know what i mean there's a lot it's like there's a lot of things that go into these particular people who have the vision have the ability <coughs> and then have the bandwidth to sort of suss that out and know? some of that isn't musical bandwidth either it's yeah. personal bandwidth exactly oh no that's what i'm pointing out or yeah. professional bandwidth it's and it's that it's that willingness to really uh 
as you call it, push the boulder up the hill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Where you really just, uh, you're, you stick with your own thing. You don't take any gigs from for anybody else that, that veers you off into some other path that doesn't have anything to do with where you're personally headed. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of guys get sucked into, like, say, I'm not saying anything bad because it's all good. You know, it's all what you want to do. But say you're headed in a super original direction and all of a sudden you get offered a lot of money to do something else and it just takes you into that world and you never leave it. And yeah. and you, you stay there and you... <clears throat> you buy a house, you, you need to make yeah, payments, you, don't you have become a family, the person, you, you got college payments. Well, how do, how do, you don't how do you, become the artist that you might have been hadn't you taken that other gig. You're talking about a guitarist having money to buy a house? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you won't <laughs> believe this, but my house is going to be paid off this year. Get the fuck out! I am like I'm. I I think I'm the only <laughs> jazz guitar player I know that owns a house besides maybe Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're really we're celebrating, man. I mean, I that's awesome. I man. never Congrats. thought that I would actually be able to ever pay a house off. You know, and I owe it all to quitting Tribal Tech, <laughs> playing trio. Well, now you're now you're doing guitar wing podcast, and now man, I get to buy another money. House. No, no, no. Now you're gonna have to mortgage it. <laughs> well, the money you get from this show, I mean, how many houses are you gonna yeah, buy? I buy you know? five houses from the money I'm making on this podcast. Five, five. five. Well, um, this would be a good time to remind people that in in Trump's most recent budget. There is no funding for Guitar Wink. And while we know that your money is very important to you, I just want to let everybody know it's equally important to us. (laughs) You know, we've had a mic. And and, and we were supposed to start announcing because there's a challenge. I have a, a young man who's like basically my son who blames me and credits me for setting him on his path. And, um, I'm hoping he doesn't sue me for it. But he's ready to make the biggest contribution ever to Guitar really? Week, but he needs to know what the biggest one we've ever gotten is. Well, I can give and you we're some, not announcing who these people are. I can give unless, you some names. You're doing that. I can give you. We get Nicholas Doak. How much did he give us? He gave us ten bucks. Wow! Fucking Shit, Nicholas, man, man, I'm retiring. That's two hookers <laughs> in my neighborhood. <laughs> That, but that's awesome. Thank you, Nicholas. And we, we do appreciate that. I'm glad that. you know that. We, <laughs> and we had um, Gary. Yeah. Gary. I, I don't even want to fuck up. Don't, don't, don't. Do, do we, let's just use Gary. All right. Gaza. I would say Gaza. Okay. Gaza donated 10 bucks. And just the fact that they, they're th- putting down, I think well, that's I, do we need awesome. We need more than that. Come on. You got to shame. <laughs> I'll, I'll even say his name. His name is Derek. He needs to be shamed into a ridiculously high... <clears throat> a ridiculously high amount. So will somebody give the penultimate donation, please? Well, William did another ten bucks. I feel like I'm reading like the jury. Can you pick one of the twenty fives or fifty? Well, I'm just reading through the latest because you know I'm the accountant for this, and we do get those. Oh, we do get those, but yeah. you know what? And I believe we have a one fifty. Are there any more questions, Troy? No, I want to talk about money. Done? That's my question. What money? Oh, <laughs> and, and like I say, okay, you know, we know you care about your money, but we do too. So, yeah. <laughs> so did you run out of questions? There, were, there was Bruce did have a really good question this week. So you what did run out question? of questions. <laughs> what was my question? Okay. So you did run Remember out. Remember okay. that guy asked you that really good question. 
Which one? Yeah, the guy, that guitarist. The guy used to drive that blue car. Yeah, he was like, he, he called you and he was like, Bruce, I want you to ask this question on the show. What did I say? And we was? talked about it and you were like, I'm going to ask this question on the show. And now we don't, neither of us remember what it was. Wow, but that I'm was old. an amazing You have no excuse. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, right. we have that question. Okay, we don't have that question anymore. <laughs> we, we, okay, well, so we, folks, if you learn your lesson, email us the questions. It's um, you know, still I gotta say, Brett Garsed throws down, and there's mm-hmm. a guy that shouldn't be donating to us. Why? Well, he did. I I donate to Brett. That's how much I love Brett. But uh, and he's playing, but he donates to us. Fucking great bloke. Another a good Aussie, good Aussie bloke. Mm-hmm. Um. There you go. That's that's that. Lull. We haven't had a lull for. Well, we're having a pretty big lull. Okay, I got I got a peeve here. I got a peeve. Oh yeah, your peeves. False false modesty. False modesty. I got a real problem with this. It's a real thing with young kids, and you kids stop it. Okay, I go to hear you play. You're you're playing your asses off. Yeah, maybe I like it. Maybe I don't. But you're playing your asses off, and you you know you're obviously doing what you want to do. And and I'll they'll come up to me and I'll say hey you know good to see you thank you for coming they say to me of course I mean I wanted to come I mean I want to hear what they're doing and I say you sound great I say that and I mean it and they say oh I'm just trying you know you know they're one of those little oh shit kind of like bullshits and I'm like I want to like punch them. <laughs> And kick them at the balls at the same time. You should. Because it's like, fuck you. You know, okay, you want me to say again that I enjoyed it or that I think you're good? You know, it's like, come on. If you didn't like it, then why the fuck did you play it? Yeah, I'm play stop, stop with the devil's advocate here. And, <laughs> the kick, and the kick in the can. And I'm, I'm sick of hearing it. Just do the best and like let's move on, you know what I mean? And let me say I enjoyed it. Oh, you're gonna tell me I'm stupid for thinking it's good? Oh, thanks a lot. Like I don't have fucking ears with holes in them. So you're saying basically they can't take a compliment. They don't know how to take. No, the compliment. it's become it's become like almost an automatic response to a compliment. Right. Now. And that's I'm, I would like the lexicon to change. Of course, we're all insecure. Of course, we wished we'd been better. Nobody, nobody who has a fucking ounce of integrity would would not feel that way. I'm not saying that. Don't express it. Like I'm just telling you, I dug it. You came to me and talked to me and kind of set me up to say something. Now I said it. Let's move on. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm there. I spent my money. I spent my time. I obviously cared. I enjoyed the show. I'm expressing that. Say thank you. And then let's, like, be people. Hmm. Not be this sort of fucking babysitting routine that seems to happen. I know. I, I get where he's coming from. I'm just sick of it. And it's and in, in many cases, it's false modesty. And at other times, it's just fucking self-neurosis. You know, and and in sometimes, yeah, you do suck, and I just don't have the I don't have the heart to tell you. But you know, even that, it's not worth it's not worth beating it around, beating it up. You know, what I mean? you motherfuckers will never be invited to any of my gigs. I tell you that right now. No, I will I, never I, invite you. I can tell you, I can tell you one thing for sure. I've had to 
to train myself just to smile and say thank you. Right. It's not easy to do. You know, well, the, the th you it's know, not easy to do. It's, just, it's acting. It's an acting just job. Just do it. Yeah, you just say you smile, say thank you, and and that's it. You, the, you oh know. gosh, I'm just I'm just trying. I'm just trying to do the best I can. Well, of course you're trying to do the best you can, you dumb motherfucker. Mm. You know, I want my money back if you don't try to do the best you can. Oh my god! Fuck you. You know, I mean, <laughs> I feel like being Irwin Corey on these guys. And say, do you realize what this sounds Who, like? Who's that? Oh god! But still, tell me though. Oh, seriously, I can't hang out with young people. You, you know, when when you when you do a gig and things go really wrong. And like it does, <laughs> like every time, like every nah, time, you know, not like every time, but I'm just like saying most when you, have a, when you have a particularly bad. One. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, hard to do that, you know, but you got to try. Yeah, you got to try, but you know what it feels like to walk off stage feeling really humiliated and defeated because you know that you've just done a show that's way below the level of your normal show. Right. You know, because this went wrong or that went wrong or just everything went wrong. And it's very hard to, to, to just put on a, a, an act and be positive and smile and go out there. And You know what I have a hard time with? I sell CDs after every show. Every show. Because I need to. I need the money. You know, and it helps promote my music and blah blah blah. And I go out and sell CDs, and I meet and shake hands with the people, and and I and I actually make quite a bit of money doing it. You know, because they they love to buy CDs at the show. It's like a souvenir for the from the gig. Yeah. And when there's a really really pathetic show that just where everything went wrong, I feel embarrassed to go out and see people and meet them, and I'm almost tempted sometimes to say. I want to hang backstage. I don't feel like selling CDs tonight because I'm so ashamed of the performance that I played so badly or things went so bad and it was a terrible show and I felt like the audience didn't like it or whatever. But you know what? I go out there to sell CDs anyway and what I find out is that everybody loved it. They come up and they buy the CDs and they're just like, can't wait to buy a CD and tell me how much they loved the show. Right. And that's taught me a lesson. It's like, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. It just doesn't make any difference because you get the opportunity tomorrow night to try it again. Right. But the, what counts is that the audience that paid money to see you play, they loved it. They didn't know you were fucking up. They had no idea. Right. Or, or even more so, what counts is that you've got really dumb fans. Dumb fans, <laughs> right. And thank God. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness they're yes. dumb. What, yeah. I'm, what I'm learning but, you, but I already know that yeah. when they come in the door yeah. in the first place. Yeah, well, they wouldn't be there unless they were. <laughs> Or they maybe maybe they lost a bet or something. Right. right, they lost a bet. So yeah. what I'm learning from yeah. this whole scenario yeah. is that so when Bruce goes see you play and he compliments you after the show and you say you're pissed off at Scott because he doesn't take the compliment and well, there have been times. No, where no, I've no, been but we're we're buddies. It's a little show. different. So he can talk to me. And it's not that kind of shit. Right. And yeah. I can talk to him, and it's not that kind of shit. Because he's really done the good same friends. thing to me. Like we're really good yeah, friends, yeah. and it's, so it's not the same thing. I mean, yeah. I know he's really he's complimenting, he's being honest, and maybe he's trying to be nice to me because he knows how bad I'm doing. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but I appreciate that because we're buddies. You know what I mean? But uh, I mean, the normal people, you know, I, I mean. 
I appreciate that. I assume they're telling the truth, so I'm going to say thank you. I'm not going to tell them I think I sounded great. And if it's somebody I'm really close to and I can be honest with, you know, out of the reach, out of the earshot of everybody else, then we may have a discussion about what I thought was happening and I'll ask them what they thought was happening. You know, more substantive level. Yeah. I thought it sucked, you know, but like... God, did you feel like this was happening? You know, and they'll say, "Well, I noticed. I no, didn't notice this, but I noticed that." Well, thank you know. I mean, you know, when it's a really an analytical sort of exchange of ideas to help learn, like from a more object, because because the subjective point of view is not necessary. It's actually definitely not the clearest point of view. Mm-hmm. And so, when you, if you've got somebody you trust and you respect, and they're out in the audience and and you kind of have an exchange of ideas about kind of what went down, to get that objective point of view is really good. But, you know, you don't do it with just somebody that says you sounded great. It's somebody who's your buddy who you really trust. Trust. And they're going to give you a very and they, honest And you know their ears are good. Or somebody who you know has heard you a lot. And is it usually... And has perspective. Like your wife. Or, yeah, you know, usually you, your missus, right? You know, she's, she's my hardest yeah. critic. Yeah, yeah. Mine critic, too. Sure. She'll let me know. It's like, oh, why were you looking at your fretboard all night? You didn't look it up at the audience once. Well, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Obviously, no I know one that doesn't that happen to you. That happens to me. Yeah, but I, can't, what I if... can't bear to look. That's my problem. <laughs> but well, uh, <laughs> All right, so George Benson or Landau was in the audience at your show, and then they come up afterwards, and yeah. you've had a shitty night, and George or, ben, or Landau are like, Man, I thought you you sounded really great tonight, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, man. I well, just... no, no, no. I no, I would never do that. I mean, because they're not my friends; they're just people I admire. And this happened to me at a very young age. I was sitting, I was playing in Philly. Yeah. We were a band that was a quintet. Normally, usually had a piano player, right? A quintet, whereas me and the horn and bass and drums and a piano, and the piano didn't make the gig in Philly, so I had the responsibility of playing. Uh, you know, my parts with the horn, but also being the comp or piano guy. And then when I soloed, all these songs that I'm used to having harmonic support, I didn't. And I was pretty young, you know, I was in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And I'm playing this gig, and I look up, and sitting as close to me as you are, is Pat Martino. Oh!
and I played the whole night, you know, and, and went back to the backstage to hide, you know. And he came looking for me, and he says, oh, "Thank you. That was the most eloquent performance. I really enjoyed you. You know, who, you know, who are you? I want to get to know you." And and like, you know, of course, I wanted to say, "I suck." What are you talking to me for? But he was very, and he. You could tell he was gracious, but he was also being kind of honest. Because, like, I mean, he went and looked for me, mm -hmm. you know, and wanted to know more about me and know about my, you know, what my thoughts about certain things that I played was. You know, it's like, whoa, you know what I mean? So it's like, no, you do the best you can. You fucking live in the world and you listen to these people because they have something to fucking say. You know, I mean, otherwise you're just missing the whole experience. Yeah. In you know your Pat, own, in your own, you know, nasal gaze, navel gazing. You know what Pat said <laughs> about my playing? What? It's not guitar. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We've all been saying that. We did. That's what he said. He said. When was this? It's not guitar. He came and heard me at Dante's, wow. and my friend asked him, "How'd you like it?" And he just said, "It's not guitar." Well, that could be a good thing. That could be, for Pat, that's that actually be a, a good massive thing. massive compliment. I have no idea what that means. No, that, he was talking it's music, you know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know what makes me not give a shit about who's in the audience? What? Because I played for four years with Joe Zawinul. Who in the fuck is going to intimidate me? Right. I mean, he was used to hearing Wayne Shorter play every night. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, he's listening to me. Like... I have no reason to be nervous. I have nothing to prove to right. anybody, man. I've right. played in front of Joe every night for fucking four <laughs> years. Like, when you go through something like that, nothing scares you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It, is, it doesn't matter who's in the audience. It just doesn't make any fucking difference. Cause be before that, like, did you... Have you had moments Well, in I mean, career? I played with Chick Corea, too, and he's used to playing with some bad motherfuckers. I right. mean, he played with a lot of great musicians, man, and, and he's a great musician. So anytime you play with really amazing players, and you know that they've been on the same stage with Joe Farrell and, and all these wonderful musicians that you love and that you've been looking up to your whole life and then they're up there with your ass and listening to you play and you just go, well, hey, he likes my playing or he wouldn't have hired me, right. but I ain't no Joe Farrell. You know, I know I'm not on that level of improvising. At, at least I wasn't at that point, that's for sure. Yeah. Because I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. So, so I used to play with you know, Joe Farrell. Yeah, Joe Farrell's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, mean, I love Joe. Playing. Joe was great. And, man. and and you know, you just realized that if it was now, I probably wouldn't feel that intimidated. But back then, I was only what 20, 27 oh, years yeah, old. I was just sure. a kid. Yeah. So yeah, of course I'm intimidated because you you've played with some of the baddest cats in in the business, and and here I am. I'm just a kid. I'm still learning. Yeah. And and yeah. Did you but, did you guys have situations and being in that situation where you're playing with these iconic players and they were just fucking dicks? Like they were yeah, like I've never played with anybody like that I have. I No, have. Bruce, you have? Sure. And I would imagine that more so in the more traditional bebop and the kind of style of music that you play than maybe more so than what Scott plays, right? I don't know that that's the case. I mean, Maybe, maybe not. I mean, because I, I, I only played for a very short time in the fusion world. You know, I got into it for a second and got out quick. 
Uh, <laughs> he knew something I didn't. <laughs> I wish he had told me. He's like, I had Scott can have this shit. Scott can have that shit, man. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But yeah. Bruce, you would have had, I imagine, like, you, maybe you were playing with some older cats. They they could be crusty. They could, you know, but they, a lot of, most of them were just great. Yeah. Most of them loved the music. You know, they demanded that you do well, you know, and, and or they fire you, you know, but uh, but they weren't really dicks. Some guys vibe you. Some guys are assholes. Usually it's more like the other side men in the group than the leader that does that. Yeah. Uh, but there were times where there were, you know, things. They, they were, you know, oftentimes they just test you to see how you could hang in a tough situation. You know, you it's have kind of like a match. It's kind of like a <laughs> match. Yeah, I do find all this stuff. You've asked this question like four or five times. I'm not gonna, I might ask it next show. I'm going to ask it next we've show. We've given no, the same no, answers no, every fucking But you know, time. hey, look, not everybody listens to every episode. <laughs> uh, the guy before did, he wrote. <laughs> he, he said, I've listened to every fucking show. Yeah. No, <laughs> but you know, he again. might have as bad a memory as we do. <laughs> yeah, but he's as old as us. <laughs> yeah, well, he's been listening for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, no, I mean, vibing, you know, the whole the whole thing. I mean, yeah, you know, why would you do it to another person? Think about this. Let's say, right, whatever it is, if even if it's not music, if it's whatever it is, you just kind of want to put a trip on somebody to kind of dominate them, I guess, right? I mean, that's the point. Well, players... No, but I'm just asking yeah. the question here. Let's take it beyond the thing we've talked about already. Okay. And go, 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 go to the real thing here. Okay, let's say there's something I'm good at or, and I want you to prove to me you're as good as me, but I'm really trying to f- make it more difficult for you because I don't want you to be. Right? I mean, that's what it's kind of the whole thing is there, Right? I mean, what, what's the yeah. point of this? The point is definitely not to make something good happen. The point is to make something bad happen and, and to test somebody, hoping that they'll fail. I'm not really sure it's that malicious. I think sometimes people are, they have a low self-esteem problem themselves, and the only way they can get past it is to make other f- people feel bad. That's malicious. Well, yeah, but I'm saying it's that. It, it, it's no, it's not malicious. It's they have a they have a psychiatric. You know, but you're 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 just giving the root cause of the maliciousness. It's still okay. malicious. Yeah, it's, it's malicious. To them. I'm just saying that they have a they have a they right have right. A you okay? Sickness. They're not evil people. They're insecure yeah. people they're who insecure are acting people in an evil who are way. Acting in evil way. Exactly. Yeah, okay, I agree That's with that. What I'm I mean, but but my still my point yeah. is is yeah, this it's is malicious to the person. Right, it's malicious behavior. You know, it's like I killed I killed him because I had self esteem. It really wasn't it wasn't a violent act though. Say you have players like say But think about it. Think about it. Really okay, let's say some new guy who's just trying and really loves the music and has a lot of heart and integrity and is trying their best gets up and the guy who's way more experienced, knows more shit is kind of making it as difficult as possible to try and make the new guy fail. Okay, and let's say you're observing this. You know, observing this. You're not part of it. Mm-hmm. What is your take? Your take is that this one guy's the biggest fucking asshole in the world. 
And you feel bad for the guy who's being fucked with because you can see he's got something going. He's just been put in an impossible position, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the objective viewpoint is so obvious. There's the asshole and the person who's just trying to work their way to, to a place. I saw the reverse at the Hollywood Bowl one night. It was with Buddy Guy, right? Uh-huh. Buddy's out there doing his thing and killing. It's Buddy Guy. And he brought on John Mayer. And obviously John Mayer's completely out of his depth with Buddy Guy. Mm-hmm. And they're trading back and forth. And then John Mayer just out of the blue throws in like a diminished lick. Something Buddy would never play. Yeah. And the whole crowd went, whoa. You know, it was kind of like that moment. But I just thought it was such a fucking dick move on John Mayer's part. The way it come across, it was just like, it was such an arrogant kid and paying no respect to, and maybe I just completely read right, it wrong Right, well, it doesn't too. sound like the audience agreed with you, though. Well, it was just like, it was, it was like John Mayer had nothing to, to keep up with Buddy Guy, so he pulled a diminished lick. And it was a diminished lick. It was like, I'm going to play diminished here. It wasn't like, you know, but it was just that kind of vibe. And, and it, to me, it come across like, you, you fucking dick. But it could have been just helplessness. He it, might was. Have it was. Okay, I think it was. I think I'm out of my league. I better try to play something that maybe he doesn't know how to play because he's killing me in every other way. But I don't maybe think... Maybe it was self, self-preservation. And it probably was. And maybe I, I could have taken it completely the wrong way. But I just felt like... I didn't feel like Buddy was, you know, I think Buddy was being so supportive to uh-huh. John, you know, and with the playing. But I just, I thought it was an unusual lick to choose yeah. going up against with Buddy Guy. I just thought it was like, oh, you I, know. I, I just have to say that luckily, I think most of us as musicians will never have to experience working with complete assholes usually people musicians are in general pretty nice people we're well, le- the- we feel like we're lucky to be doing what we're doing and 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 most people that i've met and I, boy of all the hundreds and hundreds of musicians that i've worked with i can only name maybe two people who who have really been dicks that i'd Tommy say that is a dick Tommy Emmanuel is a massive dick. I mean, no. that, if, what are you talking about? I, are you serious? That guy plays so fucking good, we all feel like shit. I mean, why is he doing that? Because <laughs> he's good. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get yeah. it. I get oh, no, it. Tommy's no, amazing. No. Okay, I love yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. from many people. I've never met the man personally, but I've heard from Bruce and a lot of people that have met him that Keith Jarrett is a total asshole. Now, I'd, I've never worked with him. So you might find jazz musicians that have worked with him who would say the opposite. Right. Who knows? Yep. But he wasn't very nice to Bruce when he met Bruce, and he's done a lot of assholeish things. So I can't really have an opinion myself mm. because I've never met the guy. But right. I've heard other people talk about that he's not the nicest guy in the world. Right? Who knows, man? I'm I can't judge him because I have never worked with him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but I, nor I have I t- worked with him myself. Yeah. You know, I can um, and I can tell you that you know. A lot of people said bad stuff about Joe, that Joe is very hard to work with, and Joe is pretty hard on drummers. Like, if I, I don't think I would want to be a drummer in Joe's band because he's very particular about what he wants. And if you rush the tiniest little beat or drag even the slightest little bit, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me 
a lot. Mm. You know, like uh, every nobody's time is perfect, but I think Joe was so used to playing with his drum machines that if a drummer even hinted at dragging or rushing, <laughs> Joe could feel it, and he just got pissed. Wow! And he would yell at him. You know, so so I was going. Thank goodness I'm just in the guitar chair, yeah. and he really doesn't really have much to yell at me about because he just doesn't know that much about guitar in the first place. Right. So he doesn't really have anything to yell at me about, and he never did yell at me very much because he just guitar was not his thing. It's just like, yeah, he's over there playing the guitar. Let him do it. But drums, you know, I mean, sometimes we had rehearsals where it was the whole rehearsal was a drum lesson because wow. Joe would take the guy's sticks and. Go behind the drums and start playing. Sometimes better than the drummer, you know, like because he'd know what he wants yeah. on this tune, and he'd say, yeah. "No, I want you to play this." And you'd go, "Holy shit, this guy's a pretty badass drummer." <laughs> and 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 he would kind of have to show the guy the ropes. And you could take it as being a dick because you know <coughs> that's not a dick if you just show people what. Well, you yeah, want. but I mean, the thing is, is a lot of times you're hoping that as a band leader, you hire somebody because you like what they do. You don't want to try to make them into somebody they're not. Otherwise, yeah, hire right. somebody else. Right. But, right? but you know, show them apart. That's well, yeah, no, it's not a big dick move. But I'm just saying, I mean, Joe was a dick one time. We are on the road with Mike Baker, and we're driving down the road. And I was driving, actually, and Joe's sitting in the passenger seat. And he's sitting there. Mike's in the back seat with the bass player, and we're just driving. And Joe just goes... Man, I sure miss my drum machines. <laughs> that's asshole. And I just said, "That's that's." I big. said, "Joe, you are such an asshole. Yeah. Like you are, you are actually saying that you have one of the best drummers. You know? In fact, I think I said I got you one of the best drummers because I'm the one that introduced Joe to Mike. So I got Mike in the band, and yeah. I was like, I got you one of the best fucking drummers, and this is how you're treating me. You're such a dick, man. And he just laughed, you know. He, he you know, said like a shit stirrer, right? But he's just a, you know, yeah. because the thing is, it's all his comedy. He's you know? famous <laughs> for that. It's he's famous comedy. for saying the most outrageous. I remember <laughs> throughout the years of reading Downbeat Magazine of the interviews with Zano were always the most fun because he would say the stupidest shit, shit in the yeah. world and everybody would get so outraged. Once he said, I only play synthesizers because everybody sounds the same on the acoustic <laughs> piano. <laughs> I mean, he said that. You know, like everybody got outraged. Yeah. Of course he didn't mean that. That's like, oh, a, that's I mean, so you know, it's great theater. You know, and he got it, you know, and he got, he got the response he wanted. Yeah. You know, what oh, a dumb thing was, because everybody was awesome. saying the opposite. Everybody sounds the same on a synthesizer, so you're just fucking with everybody. But I know this is going to come like a real shock to all you. <laughs> but, and I hope you can handle this. But, um... <laughs> I can be a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, no. and, and there are a couple of situations. So I'm, I'm thinking back over the last couple of years where I really pushed the envelope. But in my defense, I felt it was really well-deserved <laughs> because it was somebody who was acting out very poorly and it was a policeman sort of elder statesman moment where i had to set shit straight yeah well and it was the right moment to be an asshole in public just to point out that somebody was not you know there's nothing wrong with that man so, but no somebody but else i mean i've been that guy i've been that guy and i'm good yeah. at it cuz i'm i'm quick and i can you know what i mean and well, and i can, and i can 
you know, to I all the use... listeners out there, if you know of a Bruce Foreman asshole moment, please. we would love to hear about it. Please, please, please I, write I would in. love to hear from from the from the other side. We yeah. would love to hear you write in. Uh, we hope we don't except, blow up. Except my ex-wife, please don't write in. <laughs> She's listening. I have a great, I have a great, amazingly funny story that I just heard. And this is so good because it involves Holsworth and Zolinol. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's doesn't. And the funny thing is, this story doesn't make any goddamn sense, and that's why it's so funny. Okay. So, so Kinsey is at a Zolinol gig, and I'm not sure. He, he either told me it was in Europe in New York, but I don't. I don't remember. But Matt Garrison at the time was playing in bass in Zolinol's band, and Kinsey and Matt are real good friends. They play together a lot. Yep. Kinsey happens to spot Alan Holsworth in the audience. And so Kinsey went over to Alan and said, Hey, Alan, Scott, you know, and they knew each other, of course. And, and I said, I know Matt, you know, Matt Garrison, the bass player, really well. You want to come backstage and, and meet Joe after the show? And Alan said, I don't think Joe likes me that much. He, he thinks I stole a, his chords. <laughs> and Scott goes, What? And Alan says, Yeah, I, he thinks I stole his chords. And, and I go, well, that's really weird. I'm sure he doesn't. I mean, I'm sure Joe would love to meet you, you know. So gig's over. He takes Matt to come and meet Alan. And, of course, Matt knows who Alan is. That was the first time they'd met. Yep. And, and hey, you want to go back and stay, backstage and, and meet Joe? And Alan said, well, yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I still feel a little weird about it. But they went, he said, let us just go backstage and we'll ask him if it's cool. So they go back and Matt goes up to Joe and says, Joe, Alan Holsworth's in the audience, and he wants to come backstage and say hi. And Joe said, fuck that motherfucker. He stole all my cords. (laughs) 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 And I'm going like, what? What the fuck? Like, what possible cords did Alan steal from Joe? Me and Kinsey stole ten times as many cords from Joe as Alan did. Wow. What the hell is that? (laughs) But I thought that is the most bizarre story I've ever heard. Oh, man. Funny shit, man. You can't make that kind of shit up. (laughs) They had it worked out. Yeah, it was a comedy bit. It all worked out. Yeah. (laughs) Funny shit, man. Oh, fuck. It's like Ingle Humperdinck, you know. Did you work with Engelbert? You worked with Engelbert. Why would I work with Engelbert? Didn't you? No. Ed Finn did. You know Ed Finn, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Ed Finn worked with him. Why the fuck? Me of all people. I would think, you know, you you had the Russians and you had Enrique. Didn't you work with Enrique? Yeah, but Engelbert's like fucking 50 years above me. Oh, oh mm. so you don't work with old guys. You <laughs> You're too good? Yeah, way too good. Oh, okay. You know, my friend, uh, my friend Jamie Grant, keyboard player, worked with Engelbert. And what was the joke about Engelbert? A, well, there was a story that, that he walked into a bar and <laughs> with a Jewish guy and uh, a... overheard a bunch of his side men who were at, sitting at a table at the bar talking shit about him, and he fired the whole bar. Band just boom, like just like that, just completely fired up. That's, that's understandable. Kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you know, I guess you know you've heard all heard. <laughs> well, you these know, you know, he was famous about, for like being. He was a good-looking guy, really good-looking. Yeah, guy. back in the day, he was the top. and uh, and I guess it's like his stage manager used to, you know, kind of take the pick of the litter at the stage door and kind of bring him back to the dressing room to kind of get to know everybody. Yeah, 
and this was kind of the thing. And like, and one night he's, I guess he's hanging in his dressing room. And there's a knock on the door. You know, he's like, "Come on in." You know, it's the usual routine. And this woman puts her head in. She goes, "Hi, Mr. Humpadink." And uh, she says, "Oh, come on in." And she goes, "Well, you don't understand." She says, "Why?" She says, "I'm a Siamese twin, and I got my you've, sister." You've told, you've told this before. <laughs> <laughs> That was episode uh, 32. Well, you're going to have to pull this out then because we're wasting <laughs> no, people's time. No, no what, it's no, still going to fly. You know what? I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> I've, I've never experienced anything like this being a jazz musician, but when my ex used to, to play horn with Guns N' Roses. You've told this to <laughs> I have? Yeah. Wait, no, but you don't know what I'm going to tell, because I know I haven't told this. Oh, you sure? Yeah. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> About the backstage monitor and the and the red flags. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So you might have got me. Is, I'm going to okay, tell you some... Troy's got Alzheimer's. I'm going to tell you some pornographic shit right now, since this is our 69th show. So, <laughs> well, this so, probably will be the 70th. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we've been here for a few hours. But there, there, are, there, there were girls, you know, in, in, in those days, and they would come to, uh, to the Guns N' Roses show, and they would, when the giant screen out in the audience when when they would see themselves on the screen they would flash the camera yep right and show their tits on the on the big screen as you do and if as everyone does of yeah. I, do that every yeah, time. I do that every time too so <laughs> and the people uh the the, the stagehands would take these little red tags and they would take those out to the girls who pulled their tops up and give them these red tags and those tags were access to backstage yeah so those girls and there were usually 20 to 30 of them at the stage and basically i'm imagining that they've got to be porn actresses there's no other explanation for what they're willing to do in public backstage and being backstage at a guns and roses show was basically like being on a porn movie set you got a guy getting a blowjob right there in public with a million people around right with his dick just hanging out and the girls just servicing him right in front of everybody. Mm. And the girls are willing to go through as many of the crew as they need to to get to Slash or Axel or whoever is on the top rung of the ladder that they're right. trying to meet. Yep. They're willing to do any anybody in the crew or as many guys in the crew as they need to until they work their way up the ladder to Axel. Same as Bruce's you know? gig. Yeah, same yeah. as Bruce's gig. You know, <laughs> it's rough but, being a jazz but star. <laughs> what, what I thought was was amazing about it was just the the public uh, display, which was not none of this was in private. Right. These people were having <laughs> sex like you would go to a sex club in Brazil where they're having sex on stage and see that live <laughs> sex act. You were seeing this stuff backstage on the sofa. People fucking on the sofa right there. You know, and you're just they're just like it's like they're in their bedroom, but yet there's just people everywhere. Yeah, you're too busy doing coke to care. Yeah, maybe, and I think that's probably what it was. And one of the funniest things that I saw was that my girlfriend videotaped Duff, the bass player. Yeah, Duff, yep. Yeah, in his room, the door was open, and there were two girls in there trying to give him a blowjob, and he couldn't get it up. 
and <laughs> they were because he was like half out of it. He was he's just like right. he's just completely wasted. wasted. Yeah, yeah. And they're just feverishly trying to get it up, and they and it just doesn't happen. Looks like Iwo Jima. The they're trying thing. to raise the flag. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to raise. The and flag. hence, this and, is why I don't and, play jazz. Yeah, and and and, and, and yeah, and. Yeah, and then there was another really great moment that she did capture, which was wonderful. Which is, I'm a little was uncomfortable amazing, with this subject. Amazing moment. <laughs> this is not sexual. This is musical, and it's great. Well, oh, that makes me even more where, uncomfortable. Where, where she videotaped Duff at Soundcheck, and he was playing something on the bass that I can only she, you know, she said this to me, so I can't repeat it. Why not? No, I'm saying I don't know how to because oh. she, the way she said it, she was like. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom, 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 and then he said, "Hey, is anybody recording this? Uh, this is an idea for a song." <laughs> What's his name again? Duff. As Duff? In the Simpsons. Duff Beard. Duff. Yeah, Duff. <laughs> okay, it's not a really particularly positive connotation. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, we just yeah, lost re- all that guns and dragons. I remember no, one no, time I'm just going saying the that. word "duff" does yeah, not have a no. particularly positive well, connotation. You know, I'm she, not saying he anything. No, she, I was know. On, she was on a retainer, right? So right. she's getting paid whether she shows up, whether they do anything or not. So we show up one night for rehearsal. I was just supposed to drop her off at rehearsal over there on Van Owen. You know, at that yeah, studio yeah. place. Yeah. And, third um, encore. Yeah, third encore. And we walk in the door. And the, 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 the manager opens the door and says, there's no rehearsal tonight. Slash and, slash and uh, Axel are puking. <laughs> and, and I was like, what do you mean? They're, what? You know? <laughs> and we look in the door, and they're sitting on stage puking. Wow. Like throwing up on the stage. Not into buckets? No, on the stage. Oh, man. Just throwing up on the floor. Drinking and throwing up. Wow. And it's like, well, I don't know how much she made that night, but she made her money and we went home. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so Fuck So this me. is this is I, and here I thought that was a metaphor. I thought that was a metaphor for something. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> See? It was not even a metaphor. And you know, if you guys are to learn anything from this, maybe you need to change your whole outlook and your whole stage production. I think I, think I found my, my life. Path. What are you doing? <laughs> I think what are you I'm doing? Finally, I think we're all I, serious about the music. I think shit, I've been, like, found my life path finally. Yeah. Actually, all, I did. You know, what, you know, the other thing is like, you know, everybody's striving for this good tone thing. You guys all talk about good tone. If you do this and you do this, you do this. Everybody's going for good tone. Right. It's overrated. I mean, and I want to be unique. Right. Maybe bad tone. Bad tone. <laughs> yeah, just I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go for you know, bad tone. But there's tone. plenty of bad tone out there. You... No, not really. But nobody's going for it. As somebody who's really throwing themselves into it as bad tone. Oh, That's... man, he's got bad tone. Is there a reason that light is just going up and down like that? The preamp thing? That's a good question, Scott. That's a really good question. That's that's beyond my pay grade. I have no is, is it recording? It Maybe like we should stop. It seems like something's playing in the background. It seems like there's a tune playing in the background oh, or something. Maybe, maybe it's this. No? I don't know. Good question. 
That will maybe be some... we should stop and listen to make sure it's all going all right. Well, no, no, it's look. It looks okay on the right. screen. We don't see it on the screen. It's just I see it happening there. It seems like a tune is playing in the background. You know, I'll, I'll soon find out. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, uh, there we go. Well, we've got a click track. We got a click track. Well, we've always needed okay. one because Bruce has always been wildly out of time with yeah. his so, comment. So basically, <laughs> okay, okay, my time. You know hey, you know what makes great comedy? I can quantize Tiny. you, fuckers. But anyways, can, I've got an idea. Let's put a click track on and let's try and have a conversation. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Well, you know, you got to go to the place and if it's in your right. face, I don't give a It'll turn into rap. human race. You, it'll turn into rap. I, I know, I know. Which now you sound like a bunch of white old motherfuckers trying to rap. It's not going to work. No, you don't understand, man. I was rapping before they had rap. <laughs> we just didn't call it rap. We called it poetry. <laughs> Wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got a giggle. I hope you got your shits and giggles with that one. Uh, thank you again for listening to us. Be back uh, next week. Um, you know what? I've got that Thomas Blue. Blue? Blue amps? Anyway, I did it. You, you hear it. I'm going to probably post it this coming week. So, um, the German man who used to work at um, Hughes and Kettner designed a lot of their great amps and pedals uh now he's gone off and built an amplifier like a hundred watt marshall plexi in a pedal i'm going to interview him find out what the hell's going on what crazy shit is he sniffing who can do that um so yeah so i'll get that up um post that so you can let guys listen to it also um if you didn't see on the facebook site wit smith wit smith uh, played with Bruce the other night. My God, that was so good. So freaking good. What a great player. Um, I played some of... I'm playing... Uh, what are they called? The High Riff Rist... I can't even think of their fucking name. It's Sunday night. It's late. Don't bug me. 
Uh, anyway, I play a lot of their stuff on here. It's Bruce Foreman and Wit and uh, another guy. I'll think of his name. Anyway, you can find their album on... Um, where can you find it? Email us. We'll send it to you. We'll, we'll get it to you. I should post it on the website. It's such a great album. It's all that Western Swing stuff, and they just kill. They just got in the studio and just did it. Anyway, amazing stuff. So, um, Whit Smith, thanks, mate. Just awesome playing, and we'll have to get you on the show as soon as you're back in town. Really appreciate it. All right, guys, be safe out there. Really look after each other. Look after, look after me. Look after yourself, family, and all that stuff. Let's uh, all get together later this week. Uh, lots of love. Thanks for sharing Guitar Wank. If you like the show, share it. We need more people because if we get more people, then I can get Eddie Van Halen. That's the plan. You know, if we have a lot of people, Eddie Van Halen, Steve Iron, maybe Satch. That'd be kind of cool. And there's a ton of jazz guys, Benson, Mr. George Benson. That'd be really cool too. Just throwing it out in the universe. It'll happen eventually. All right. (laughs) Later, guys. Thank you.